0: This is Amateur Logic, episode 160, for September 15th, 2021. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in amateur radio accessories. And by ICOM. Stay connected and keep your competitive contesting edge with ICOM. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George.
1: I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And I'm Mike.
0: And there's
2: Tom. I guess I'm supposed to say I'm Tom. That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. Or and as
0: it? you can see, we've got a special guest with us tonight. It's one of our net controls from the Amateur Logic Sound Check Net, as well as a longtime friend of the show, Tom Appleneck. W-A-2-I-V-D. Did I pronounce your last name correct, Tom?
2: Uh, It's pretty close. Apollinic.
0: Apollinic. Yeah. Not not too close. (laughs) Anyway.
2: Close as most people get. Similar.
0: Yeah. It's good to be back with you again. We've got a fun show lined up tonight. Uh, We've got uh, a couple of technical glitches that we're working through, but you'd expect no less from us. So... Um let's see. Let's just go around the horn real quick and see what everybody's been up to. Tommy, what's been going on there? Well,
1: I'm the slacker of the month, so I didn't have a segment this month, so I've actually been kinda of taking it easy. Um just been playing a little bit on the radio some as I can. Uh it's been rainy, so but other than that I hadn't really been doing a whole lot.
0: Yeah. Uh what about you, Emil? You had a little rain down there, didn't you?
3: A little rain and a little wind, we got blowed around by Hurricane Ida, so we're still picking up stuff outside, but things are starting to get back to normal, and we occasionally hear a story of some power and displaced peoples in person, so it's never good to have these hurricane events, but you know what? We're prepared for when they are here.
0: And that's a good thing. Yeah, I know y'all really had uh, some power trouble down there. We've been seeing the reports here of how many tens of thousands have been without electricity and just now getting restored? I don't know where the number is today, but it it's much less than it was. I'll just say that yeah. from what I've seen. Mike, what's been going on up there?
4: Well, we had a we had a system go through um, Tuesday night, of course, just before the net started. Um, a lot of we went under a, a severe thunderstorm watch and then the thunderstorms started rolling and then we're under a tornado warning or i should say a watch where where i'm located um areas just to the north of me were under the actual warning but a lot of rain and it's been sunshine and back to summer again last few days it's been great here
0: cool well it's i don't know it's been sort of cloudy here and humid uh, for the last several days, we just had that other uh, hurricane come ashore down there. It didn't, didn't do as much and really didn't quite reach to us as far as a lot of the weather. We've just got the humidity from it here. And thank goodness that one wasn't too bad. I don't think Louisiana's ready for another one that soon. Well, uh, what have I been doing? Uh, yeah, I was much? about
1: to ask you that.
0: Yeah, I was trying to think, and I'm i am really not sure. I've been to the transmitter sites some. I was at one actually earlier this week. We had some roof damage back in the winter when there, the ice storm came through, and they're just now repairing it. And I had a Viasat uh, satellite internet there on the roof, and they had to move it to repair the roof. And, of course, we had to have Viasat come back out and reinstall everything for us. Uh, They, you know, that's the way that company does it. And they got it back going again. So uh, that had some things going on at the studio and just various projects here around the office as well. Tom, what's been going on with you? And tell us a little bit about your Internet. I'm kind of impressed with what I've been seeing from it so far tonight.
2: Uh, so I'm on satellite internet also, but I'm on uh, Starlink, which I'm sure probably uh, a number of people have heard of. That's, uh, Elon Musk's, uh, SpaceX internet. And I actually, I've been pretty happy with it. I, I signed up for the, uh, for what they call the better than nothing data, um, which is, uh. Uh, and it's definitely better than nothing and it's better than my local DSL internet provider by a long shot um where we live out here i don't have any good options for terrestrial internet and uh let's see i signed up like last summer and then i finally got an email from them that i could order the dish in march so i've had it since about march and it's been steadily getting faster and more reliable since since it's been in there was some i'd have more outages early on but the outages were never really i'd never had more than maybe 30 seconds to a minute outage and now it's pretty much uh you know and there'll be maybe 30 or 40 seconds in a 24-hour period
0: wow you know i'm i'm really happy to see that service come along uh I've been kind of following it. I don't need it here because I live in town. Um, but I've got several transmitter sites that can't get internet any other way than through satellite or some kind of uh, cell phone modem. And I've had my eye on that ever since I heard about the launch. And I do have Viasat a couple of them now. And, and my mother has Viasat as well as my brother and his wife. And my brother signed up. For Starlink. I don't know how long ago they did it, but it's not available here yet. They say it's going to be available mid-2021. Well, So hopefully it's coming. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: once, you're there. Yeah,
1: that should
0: yeah. be well, pretty soon. Once it, once they get it going, you know, we'll probably try to move my mother over to it as well. Um, and probably some transmitter sites. I hope, you know, as they load it up with With more users, that uh, data rates will stay up there. won't really know, I don't guess, till it's here.
2: Right. I get anywhere. The minimum that I get down is on the order of 50 megabits, and I get up. I've seen 250 to 300 down, and I consistently get at least 8 or 10 up, and I've seen as much as 30 or 40 up.
0: Wow. That's (laughs) fantastic for satellite.
2: Yeah, no, it's. I've, I've been very, very happy with it.
0: When you sent us those photos, that's what sticks in my mind. You did some traveling, uh, took some photos along the way, and let's see. All around you,
2: California.
0: Yeah. Weren't you uh, responsible Sports. for finding Tommy's place?
2: Yes, Tommy's hamburgers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
2: And and uh, I also, when when Peter was still on the show, I sent I had a picture of Whiskey Pete's. Yep. it was a casino, <laughs> just because you come into over the Nevada border. I was looking for Whiskey Peters, but I didn't, I couldn't find that. So yeah. I had to settle for Whiskey Pete's.
0: That's close enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a good thing you weren't looking for anything email. I, it might have been hard to find in California, huh?
2: <laughs> I look, and I did find something with George, and I can't remember what it was, but I found something with your name, and I looked for an email, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. Sorry.
0: You can always substitute cheap. Yeah, I think it was King George Hotel, or it was some kind of hotel. And I don't remember the exact name.
2: Yes, I think that was it.
0: And Just
3: watch out for the cheap hotel.
0: I would have liked to have found those, but I just didn't have time to look them up tonight for the show. Uh, you took some others, though. I think maybe um, some closer-to-home photos there of some uh, extraterrestrial <laughs> visitors. Is, is that right, or have I got that wrong?
2: Did I? Um, yeah, you, did you I? Took- I think I did send a picture of my son at the uh, Alien Jerky store, yeah, that's... Uh, and he had a tin foil hat on, standing. in <laughs> They have a, the the Alien Jerky store is on Interstate 15, going from California to Vegas.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, that was famous in the uh, cons- conspiracy episode. <laughs>
0: yep, yeah. and I forgot to turn off my radio up here, and somebody. Just connected to Echo Link on the repeater. So that to our,
4: as our bell liked to say, turn your radio off.
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get on into it tonight. Tom, you made, well, I guess it was your first trip to Huntsville here recently. And we're going to look at that in just a moment. But, Mike, I think you had something here you wanted to show us didn't you
4: uh uh, let me just have a quick look at the have you got have you got did you get the link i sent you or or the the slide i sent
0: you this this is what you sent me
4: yes so this is kind of uh i actually had a hard time trying to find it and actually you can if you noticed, uh, uh, the schematic on my, my backdrop t- this evening is is actually the schematic of the new Bidex two meter single sideband radio that uh, Ashar Khan uh, vu2ese has been working on. Of course, um, Ash, as uh, folks call him on the radio, um, he's he's kind of like the brainchild or I, I guess I can't say brainchild because he doesn't like to take credit for the Bidex 40, but he took the Bidex 20 and turned it into a 40-meter version, and those things sold like hotcakes. In fact, I've got one sitting beside me, and I see marty Marty eighty zero pos in the chat room, and Marty and I have this ongoing contest of procrastination to see who can procrastinate the most on the completing the Bidex 40 boards that we bought about Two and a half years ago, but um, here it is here, Marty. It's it's in the case, and that's as far as I got so far. So this is the BidX forty that kind of kind of made him famous, and he's since come out with uh, several versions of what he calls the the micro BidX or a multi band uh, version of, of the uh, forty meter one that I have here, um, and now he's working on a two meter a uh, single sideband version. And I think it's for the folks uh, that have access to the, um, oh, is is it, is it the Ishael uh, satellite that's over Africa? Uh, I think the uplink, they have an uplink for two-meter sideband, I believe. Um, so he's uh, primarily got those folks in mind, but I'm sure there's a lot of other folks that don't have access to that satellite um, would, would love to build one of these uh, two-meter versions as
0: well all right well thanks for bringing that to us tonight mike and tom you sent a little video to me earlier I, maybe i think it was last week maybe early this week of an adventure you recently had do you want to set it up for us
2: i decided i was going to go to huntsville Hamfest. we had a we had a lot of things going on this summer and uh I got a kitchen pass from my wife to get a break for a couple of days. So I went to Huntsville anyway, and I was watching the website pretty closely for, you know, the week or two before, because as some of you may know, a couple of the major vendors canceled out at the last minute. And with the whole COVID thing kind of rearing its head again, I was, you know, cautiously watching to see if they were going to cancel the whole thing. But uh, right up to the end, they said it was going to be on, and so I took a drive out there and had a good time.
0: Yeah, I just kind of—I had planned to go out a hotel room set up. I think Tommy and emailed had planned to go as well, but um, I dropped out just because the case count got so high here in Mississippi with the Delta variant. I just um, didn't didn't feel good about going, um, so I dropped out. <laughs> Kate, we miss you. I hope in the future though we'll be able to if you might get back over this way, be able to visit some there. Hi everyone.
2: This is a quick recap of the 2021 Huntsville Hamfest. You can't drive to a hamfest without playing a little radio along the way. Whiskey Alpha 2, India Victor Delta Mobile. India Victor Delta Mobile Station. Come back. Yeah, Whiskey, America 2, India, Victor Delta, mobile, just north of Huntsville, Alabama.
4: QSL, this November 1, Kilo Sierra, Charlie, you are coming through probably a 5.9 in Cape Canaveral, Lighthouse, US 0099. Thanks for the call.
2: Ah, QSL, the lighthouse, and uh, appreciate the signal report. Uh, glad to know that the mobile's working. Thanks, and uh, good luck today, WA2IVD Mobile. 73, November 1, Kilo Sierra Charlie, standing by. Saturday morning, just before 9, everybody was waiting for the entrance doors to open at the far end of the hall. Even with some vendors canceling, there was quite a bit to see. The ARRL was there in force... W5KUB was live streaming both Saturday and Sunday. HiCom had their full setup. Ray was there too, but he was on a break when I shot this video. Saturday was a perfect day for an indoor hamfest. It rained for most of the day with a few downpours. There were plenty of new vendors and the usual array of accessories, radios, antennas, and some computer gear. The flea market area had plenty of military surplus gear. There were cavities, if you're building a repeater system. Of course there were tubes for all the vintage gear. And there was some pretty nicely restored vintage gear to use those tubes with. There were plenty of insulators, miscellaneous parts, coax connectors, and most everything you might need for that next project. How about stakes, guy rings, tripods, and poles for those portable setups? And Aluma Towers was there with the ultimate portable tower setup. The Wireman was there with plenty of cable and connectors. If you needed a shirt, hat, or a name tag, you had several options for that as well. The Hamfest organizers did a great job with the youth area. They had 3D printer projects going, a kit building area, and some pretty cool robot activities. They had some good forums, too. I attended one on lightning protection given by Dr. Monty Bateman, WB5RZX. He's a lightning expert for the University of Alabama at Huntsville, and also for the Marshall Space Flight Center. Finally, on Sunday, Josh Nass from Ham Radio Crash Course hosted a YouTubers forum with about a dozen Ham Radio YouTubers. It was pretty well attended. All in all, it was a great hamfest and a great time.
0: Thanks for sharing that with us. Tom, that looked like, uh, like a of fun time. I hate I missed it. What did you think of Huntsville overall?
2: I really enjoyed it as as you know, that was my first time there, and uh I had uh I had a good time. I know they advertised pretty heavily that it's the friendliest hamfest uh, around. And I guess I can't say whether it's the friendliest or not, but certainly everybody was really friendly. Um, they had a, they actually ran a hospitality suite Friday night and Saturday night, um, at the embassy suites hotel, which is attached to the convention center, uh, where the ham fest is held. And the, I went Friday night when I got there and, um, it wasn't It wasn't super crowded, but there was a a good bunch of people there and got to meet a few folks and chat with them and um they had a bunch of the ham fest you know volunteer staff there, so they were all pretty friendly as well overall i I really enjoyed it, and as I said in the video there, it was a really good day for an all indoor ham fest, so the fact that the flea market and the new vendor stuff was all inside was really nice.
0: Yeah, I'll agree. That's that's one of the best things about that ham fest is everything's right there under one roof. And if you can book a room in the embassy suites, then you're in good shape. You can go to the ham fest, walk inside, and never have to leave the air conditioning.
2: Yeah, that's pretty important. Oh, sorry, Tommy, go ahead. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. I didn't mean to quote. I said that's pretty important in this part of the country in August.
2: Yeah. It yeah, uh, the the forum that I went to was in the Embassy Suites. They had a couple of rooms over there where they were running the forum. So I got to walk through the little, you know, the air conditioned hallway that goes between the two. So yeah, it's nice you just stay inside, walk over to the hotel, walk back. It was very nice.
0: Yeah. It's um, it's one of my favorite ham fest its I don't know if you'd call it a mini Dayton or not because it's a little bit different, but one thing I find interesting about Huntsville is the stuff you see in the flea market there is stuff you won't see anywhere else, I guess because of, well, NASA being in the area. There's a lot of old test equipment and things like that that just happen to be there and show up in the ham fest from time to time.
2: Yeah, and I didn't put any of those in the in the little video clip, but uh, there was a lot of test equipment that I ran into, and, yeah, some really nice test equipment, actually. And just the old vintage gear, you know, you saw those Collins radios. There was a lot of tables that had really nicely restored Collins radios, Heathkit radios. Uh, it was some pretty nice stuff.
4: I've never been to a flea market where I've seen... Uh, Colin S Line radios that haven't been in mint condition. I've never seen one in bad condition ever at a flea market. They're all like brand new factory showroom looking.
0: Yeah. Any you know, of you guys got any uh, questions for Tom?
3: Yeah, I don't have a question, but I do have a comment on one of the uh, slides there. Did you guys notice the uh, May the Morse Be With You shirt? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you I, it, man. I, I, I have
4: a question for you tom uh what are you using for an uh an hf antenna mobile
0: so uh,
2: i've tried a variety of things on on that contact that you saw there i was using a wolf river coil with about a five foot stainless steel whip on the top of it uh, nice. and it worked it worked really well. I, I, besides that contact, I talked with a guy in Michigan and I got like a five, eight, five, nine signal report. I mean, it could be that I was just lucky. The band was, the band was really open, but I got a couple of really good signal reports.
4: He sounded the uh, fellow at the lighthouse in Florida sounded like he was just up the street.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was, um, that was probably the best one. That's why I picked that one. The audio was really good.
0: Yeah, those Wolf River coiled are pretty nice. I've got one here. And I have a Radio Shack hundred and two inch whip that I want to put on it. And that's go ahead.
2: So my five foot whip that I is one of those Radio Shack whips cut down. Oh. And the wow. the problem that I found is if you if you use it the full length, um even with the even with it cut down where I have, I'm about that far from the top of the coil on twenty meters. So if you go with the full length you you won't be able to put the coil up far enough to actually get it to load up.
0: Wow. I hadn't thought about that. Good point.
3: That is pretty cool that you caught a lighthouse mobile though.
2: Yeah, and I wasn't even I wasn't even trying. And one of the things of course hmm. you I'm sure you noticed it was a 7100. I put the uh S I make sure there's an SD card in the radio, and I just hit the quick record so that yeah. when I get back to the station, you know, or back home, I can pull all of them. And uh, it actually has the time and the frequency, you know, in yeah. the metadata wow. for the audio file, so you can use it to log all of your stuff when you get back.
3: Yeah, it sounds good. The audio sounded really good. He His station, he had some good uh, bandwidth.
2: Yeah. Well, and the audio that you were listening to in that recording, that was actually the audio off the SD card. Mm. Yep.
0: Okay. That's a good idea. Okay. I had never thought about that recording the QSO so that you could do your logging afterwards. Pretty neat. Yep. So,
1: so what did you pick up at the Hamfest, huh?
2: Well, I got a couple of things. I think George has a couple of pictures there. Uh mostly small stuff, no major purchases, but this was one that I couldn't pass up. This was a, a surplus military case and uh gigaparts had it in their store. They had a really large display there. And they had a pile of these. I don't know, there must have been at least thirty or forty and the, the one the guy said they got quite a few more back at the store and it was $39 normally marked down to $29 as a ham fest special. And I think, George, you got a picture of it open. Yeah. So that's the inside of it. And it's all gasket sealed. So it's waterproof. And the really large compartment in the bottom there is almost exactly the right size for a 7,300. So I'm going to use this as and make a a little go box for my 7300 right now i'm using one of those harbor freight uh penguin case uh knockoffs and it it works fine but it's just barely big enough for the radio and with this i can put the radio and you know a power i think i can actually fit a power supply in there and some coax and you know kind of have everything i need cool
0: that's a nice setup yeah and I did get
2: one other, uh, thing that I couldn't pass up, which, uh, let's see if I can get this here, that, uh, I'm sure some of you that have been around a while <laughs> will recognize. And, nice. um, these were three bucks. Oh, look at that. It's actually keying out. This is my transparent, uh, uh, rotary <laughs> dial, but, um, it, it, it works really well. And I was, uh, I was just fascinated with the, how complex the mechanics are on one of these things to make the dial work. And for three bucks, I couldn't pass it up. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do like an Arduino project and make like a digital lock where this is the combination. This is how you put the combination in.
0: Oh, wow. Neat idea. Yeah. Those things are pretty complex. You know, it's, um, Telephones weren't cheap to make in those days. I, I think by the time you know Ma Bell actually allowed us to use third-party sets, we were already into the to the DTMF pad. So these other manufacturers didn't have to worry about duplicating that. Right. So are you going to go back again? What do you think?
2: Oh, absolutely. Yep. I'm definitely gonna go back again. It was uh it was worth the trip. A little bit of a drive for me from here, but it was worth it. Ooh.
1: It'll be better next time. hopefully it'll be a full house cause, uh it looked like there was quite a few vendors there, but I could tell it was a lot thinner than normal.
0: Yeah. It's um... But
1: glad you enjoyed your trip.
2: And hopefully yeah, I'll get to see for... all of you there next time.
3: Oh Yeah, oh. thanks for sharing. We couldn't get there, so now yeah. we got it.
4: I think that's the first ham fest I've seen in 2 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. let's see. Next on the list here tonight, um I believe Tommy you had a Facebook post you wanted to share with uh, us.
1: I do have one, and it's from uh from my friend Jerry, uh WR5G. It said he stopped by a thrift store in Phoenix this morning with a friend ended up buying this couldn't pass it up for two dollars and 75 cent kit looks to be complete the nine volt battery i need to purchase for the kit's going to cost more than the entire kit and that's obviously that uh radio kit from radio shack and i, I used to drool over that kit when i was a kid um so that's a pretty cool find it, lo- it looks like it's every bit of it's in there
3: yeah, that's, you that's remember those little awesome. springs, Hatami? Huh, Tommy?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted one of those bad, man.
0: That's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, it's pretty slick. It's a nice find. Well, we're going to... I
4: have a, an old 201 experimenter kit from Radio Shack somewhere around here. Yeah. Uh, with those spring clips those are usually the dead giveaway because i don't know if i'm sure radio shack didn't have an exclusive on them but that's about the only place i've ever seen uh sell experimenter kits that use the springs um what is it elenco has the snap circuits which use like snaps and radio shack
0: those springs
3: George, Jerry is in the chat room. He said he's saving up for the 9-volt battery now.
0: Yeah, I thought I saw one on there. It was one of those old green cells. You probably remember those, Mike.
4: Those were the best, actually. You know what? They never leaked, and um, we used to, because I used to work in a store, and, of course, uh, folks would come in with their battery of the month card and get the uh I think they were kind of like gold with red and white on them. Um, they weren't so great, but those, those inner-cell green batteries, um, if you wanted an ordinary battery that wasn't alkaline, uh, they were the best batteries going. Um, I think they were a zinc, a zinc uh, carbon-zinc battery.
0: Yeah, the old... And, uh, uh, for, the gold sorry, batteries. George, I... The gold batteries that they gave away... Free on the battery card there. Not really worth wasting your your cash on. Well, we'll be back in just a moment here because we've got more to go. So don't go away. Do you need an HF antenna choice that's compact yet efficient? Then check out the new MFJ1835 cobweb antenna. It's a five-band, one-half-wave antenna that's perfect for restricted spaces or portable operation. This cobweb antenna design is five, one-half-wave, open-loop wire antennas in one, covering 20, 17, 15, 12, and 10 meters, and it handles up to 300 watts. The sky-gray fiberglass spreaders and nearly invisible wire elements blend in with your surroundings while standing tough against nasty weather. The MFJ1835 is horizontally polarized for less local noise pickup, plus it gives you solid gain over vertical antennas, up to 5 dBi gain for working DX easily, even at QRP power levels. There's no need for ground radials with this antenna, Connect your coax to the SO239 feed point and you'll get low SWR with MFJ's exclusive Spider-Match broadband network. The radiation pattern is nearly omnidirectional, so you won't need a rotator. Better yet, it measures only 13 feet diagonally and weighs in at just 8 pounds, which allows you to mount it with lightweight TV antenna hardware to your chimney, balcony, fence posts, Or most any convenient location. Don't let limited space keep you off the HF bands. Get on the air now with the MFJ 1835 Cobweb Half Wave 5 Band Antenna. Now there's an upgrade kit to add 30 and 40 meter coverage to your MFJ cobweb antenna. The MFJ1835HK34 Quick Kit extends the fiberglass rods and adds elements for both 30 and 40 meter operation. And the kit works with the low and high power versions of the cobweb antenna. For more information on this and all the other fine MFJ products, visit MFJEnterprises.com today. And thanks, MFJ, for sponsoring Amateur Logic. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. That is a a nice (laughs) antenna, for the size of it really performs well. And as a matter of fact, I have one folded up, leaning in the corner right here that we take out and use for field. Wait
1: for my next field day.
0: Yep.
3: Same here, same here. Well, the Dipole G5RV, that's the go-to antenna. From MFJ.
0: Well, I've got a segment here. It's something I've been playing with for, I don't know, a couple of months. Well, actually, it's it's kind of a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I've been playing with it since the 70s, back when we all used tape recorders. And some of us were more uh, picky about what the audio came out like others. I never liked noise. Let me just start it out that way. One of my oldest hobbies and also part of my profession is audio. Audio. I have a lot of fun building audio projects and experimenting Experimenting with things and that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to be experimenting with noise reduction. Most modern rigs come with some type of DSP noise reduction but you may have an older rig that doesn't Or you may just want to do some experimenting yourself. Here's a place to get started. A Hybrid DSP Deep Learning Approach to Real-Time Full Band Speech Enhancement by Jean-Marc Vallon. He discussed his theory and set out to demonstrate his implementation of artificial intelligence noise reduction. And he had three examples here of types of noise that he would want to suppress... Now, let me say to start out with, this is more aimed at reducing background noise that might be in your office or something like that. To take it further, he released some source code that you can find at xiph.org. Here's a link for that. And the name of the project is RN Noise. You've got everything in there if you want the source code to download it and do some experimenting yourself. And he gives you a link to an online interactive demo where you can test it out yourself in a browser. Well, I wanted to do a little more than a browser, and I did some searching and found where Worman picked up the project and built some noise reduction plugins using that source. You can find that at github.com at this address. Over on the side, under Releases, you'll find the latest there. And here are actual compiled versions, binaries that you can download of the plugin already compiled, so you won't need to worry about compiling it yourself. There's plugin available for Linux or windows thirty two or sixty four bit I downloaded the plugin and I created a folder in my Windows program files folder. VST plugins. Actually, I already had that there, but I created another folder in here called RN Noise and I copied the downloaded noise underscore vst dot dll to that folder just as a convenient spot. You could save this anywhere you wanted to. This is just where I chose to do it. Now, once you've got that plugin, that's great. You've got the noise reduction on your computer. I'm going to be using Windows, and there's no way to directly access that plugin in Windows where I can feed audio to it and listen back to it. So I'm going to need another piece of software called Equalizer APO. I downloaded it from this link at SourceForge and installed it on my computer. You can get more information and instructions on how to exactly do that at this link right here at medium.com. I'm not going to butcher the guy's name because I don't know how to pronounce it. But he had some pretty good details in there that I adapted for my installation here. Back to Equalizer APO, there is one other plug-in that you might want to add to that. That is a plug-in called Loudmax. You know, sometimes if you're listening to a variety of stations on a channel, some guys will be really weak, some will be really loud... And you have to sit there and adjust your volume to compensate. That will kind of level it out for you. And I would like it to come before the noise reduction. So I'll just take it and drag it right before it. So the audio comes in at the top. We've got a preamplifier if we want to boost the level a little. Low-pass filter if we want it. I'm going to skip the graphic EQ. Come on down. I've got Loudmax right here. And then I've got the RN noise suppression right here. So, how well does this work? Let's find out. I tuned in a number of shortwave stations so I'd have something I could test with. Apparently, I picked out a very green spot on the dial. This first example starts out with the noise reduction off.
4: Polar portal, a site for tracking and ice and the, with the reduction, reported that the melt happened in Greenland on July
1: 28,
3: 2021.
1: The alarming incident occurred when the island was
4: experiencing a record high temperature of 19.8 degrees Celsius.
0: The white noise in the background on that example was not very loud, and you could hear it eliminated it completely, although it did introduce some artifacts into the audio. This next example did have a light noise in the background, but it also had music.
3: Permission from the canine's
4: caregiver before to approach another dog. This way, you can avoid unnecessary risk for both parties. Although some canines may be pleasant without ever showing signs of aggression, they also may not do well with readings while they are leashed. Thank you for your attention and lots of love for being judged and going green to save the planet for all humans and us all co-inhabitants.
0: Music was considered noise by the artificial intelligence, so it pretty much muted it out, but at the cost of adding additional artifacts to the voice. No demonstration using shortwave radio would be complete without a little bit of propaganda from Radio Havana. This one had a lot more noise in it and a particularly annoying buzz that it couldn't completely eliminate. The Washington Party
4: played single,
0: green, the
4: FDLP, the DUP, as well as several independent MPs. Among signatories was former UK Labour Party leader and current independent MP Jeremy Corbyn who, that same month, expressed his support for Cuban doctors endorsing their nomination for the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize. It's been my pleasure to nominate the Cuban doctors for a Nobel Peace Prize. Wherever there is an emergency,
0: anywhere in the world, the first people on the scene from international support are always Cuban doctors. Here's a sample with some really loud, sound sounding noise.
4: <laughs> La fin de la nourriture scolaire qui représentait la perte d'un type de nutrition plus à avec toi. Récemment, le NGT Subway, droit des enfants, a déclaré que des milliards de jeunes dans le monde entier pourraient subir une catastrophe générationnelle si le gouvernement ne compte pas
0: You can hear the signal start to fade here at one point, so I engaged Loudmax to level it out. I can't really say if it helped in this case because I couldn't understand what she was saying anyway. And now for a different test. The microphone I use here in the studio is only about four feet away from the window unit air conditioning. It gets pretty loud so I have to shut off the air conditioner anytime we're shooting live here. I'm sure you can hear it in the background right now. Let's see what our noise will do for that. It's engaged now and it practically eliminated it. In between words you can hear that it goes down to practically no noise. If you listen closely in the background while I'm speaking, you can hear that the noise is actually being gated on and off, not as much as a noise gate would do, but still, there is some artifacting caused by this. Overall though, I don't know, probably usable for some things. What do you think? Hey, Emil, what about the price?
3: Oh, come on now. You know the price is right. Free. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I thought it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it it worked better on some things than others, like the air conditioning noise. It it worked um, probably better than I thought it would on that. Now, that's artificial intelligence. They trained that software to... Uh, recognize certain types of noise. They did not train it to recognize noise on the HF radio. And you can download all the source code and everything you need to go in there and do that if you got time. I don't. uh, I wish I did. I'd like to train it with some types of noise that I hear on the radio and see how it performed them. But pretty... Pretty decent for free. Takes a little while to set up. So I'll probably play with that some more. And if you got an old radio and you don't have any kind of DSP, you know, might find that handy.
4: Well, one of my HF rigs is a Cachino 505, which was um, uh, obviously before SDR radios came out. So um, by all intents and purposes, it's still like a super heterodyne type system, but it also has uh, I think it's a Texas Instrument um, uh, DSP uh, built in, and I, I have to say, what I listened to in your your uh, segment uh, was at least equal or maybe even better than, than what the uh, DSP uh, can do on, on my Kachina.
0: Yeah, I wish they had some adjustments to that plug-in. It's pretty much just, uh, there's only one, and that's kind of like a threshold level. And it didn't really work that well for me. It's pretty much on or off. I wish they had some other settings that you could go in and kind of tweak some of the parameters. I think you could really do well with it. The receiver you're using, was that your 7700? It was. And I had the noise reduction turned off on it. I had the noise blanker on, but
4: I'm just wondering, I can't recall, though, um, if the 7700 has AM synchronous detection. I'm just wondering what if you had a radio with uh, or a receiver with a synchronous AM detector in it and uh, use that AI filter software, what it would sound like. I bet you it would be pretty good.
0: Yeah, uh, my SDR Play has a synchronous AM mode on it. And honestly, I don't hear that much difference between it and and straight AM myself. Um, some, some occasions it's a little better, but um, yeah, I, I typically don't hear as much difference as you would think you'd hear there. And I did hmm. compare it with the DSP built into my radio uh, natively, and they're different. You know, probably what's built into the iCom is better for working with HF. Although that plug-in worked reasonably well, it actually takes up more noise than the DSP on your radio will. But it adds uh, more artifacts into the audio, so it's uh, it's a trade-off.
4: Yeah, that you mentioned the uh, the air conditioning running with where you've got a constant noise. Uh, background noise um you know the fancy uh you know uh dsp headsets uh that have the uh digital filtering built in uh they do a good job but that's uh, you know even beyond that um what that what what the uh you know those those fancy expensive headphones are able to do even
0: oh yeah it's uh, the guy was targeting 70 db of noise reduction That's a lot. Wow! But I wish, you know, they built in some kind of setting there where you could vary that amount, so you don't have to go 70 dB. I found when you when you got a really loud noise, it adds more artifacts into the audio that's that you do recover. So I wish, you know, some settings there that you could vary that. Maybe in the future someone will do that. It's open source, so it's out there. Well, email you had, I don't know, is this a Facebook post or what is this you had for us tonight?
3: Yes, this is a Facebook post from our friend KR7RK, Keith Schlotman over in Flagstaff, Arizona. And he asked the group on Facebook, um, I'm curious what radio folks are using for NXDN and P25. For example, to check into the soundcheck net. Are you using a commercial radio or using some sort of hotspot conversion? If you're using a specific radio capable of NXDN or P25, which one is it? How did you get it? So a few of us answered there. I know, uh, George, I think you said you were using the uh, Droid Star app uh, on the Android. And I answered with the uh, N5 BOC hotspot for which I convert um, c four f m into p twenty five n and NXDN and uh, others as well i think it does dmrs so um but i, I know i t- i took a look to see what was around as far as vendors go and there i know there's you got to watch when you search google for that because you wind up at u uh, k sites which they have sites outside of the u s and you know the u s a version of the vendors and our band plans are a little bit different and what emission types are different. So you wind up thinking, you know, this is a radio I could probably get and it's made for something completely different. But, uh, there are U S vendors for us here, um, in the U S that, that do sell the radio specifically for that. But, uh, anyway, I know, uh, for the amateur logic soundcheck net, we, we found all kind of ways to, Get in there and use all the different modes with M seventeen and XDN P twenty five. There's just so many modes there. So thanks for that uh, question there. And there's uh, some answers in the uh, in the Facebook forum for it.
0: So email Did I understand you correctly? You've got the N five BLC hotspot. And you're running Pi Star, and it will do those conversions for you.
3: Correct. Yes. You you just have to turn that on, set the. Um, there you you can turn on the conversion for each one and then on the C4FM radio you you basically tell it to go to a specific channel or a uh you know reflector and it will just use that and connect to where you tell it you give it an endpoint like KHJTK his um you know connections and you're talking C4FM it'll throw it out um hmm. via P25 towards him Mm-hmm. Me and me and Mike have a little fun with that every once in a while.
0: Yeah. Cool. Uh, also, we were talking at the beginning of this show tonight about it being a little rainy. I understand you got a little wet here recently.
3: Yeah, we did. <laughs> yes, we did. And that's my segment this week. I figured I'd show you guys the anatomy of a ham stuck in the hospital during a hurricane that's a lot of h's there so uh check it out it's getting ready for ida it's not here yet but it's already starting to pick up about 11 o'clock checking it out think, Feet? Finn, what do you think, buddy? You gonna be all right? Mm, I don't know, that don't look too confident. I'm gonna pick up a little bit. I think it's uh maybe a half mile mile away from us the first real wind change. And some more trees dancing around out there. Getting a little bit more involved here. Definitely really more rain. Hurricane slowed down a little bit, so it's going to take a little bit longer for the bigger winds to get here. But it's coming. Yeah, That's a lot more. Right? Always not good when the worst comes at night. Wow. The wind's kicking now sideways rain Know how to describe that. I'm not sure the phone's picking up the sound either. There's like a roar. truck was moving from the air getting under it.
0: You were at the hospital, but not in the hospital as we traditionally think.
3: Correct. Okay. Uh, yes, I was not admitted. I was uh, the the backup communication as needed, while being there with my uh, bar- bar- barometer, Finn, and uh, my wife, of course. So uh, yeah, we we made it through, um, and the house here in Slidell, which is fifty miles away. Um is okay. We, we still cleaning up and, and burning some debris. We had lots of branches down from the trees and it took out all of my antennas. Uh, the wires, that's the only thing I didn't take down my vertical survived from MFJ. So, uh, it, it's good because I took it down, but everything else wire wise was just ripped down. So I, uh, I spent a, spent a good chunk of change not being cheap to uh, put it all back up. So I'm just about got it. I'm still putting the shack back together, but uh, we made it through there. And uh, you know, there's a lot of people down this way that's still out of power and doing uh, not so good, especially home on south of us, uh, south of New Orleans. So, you know, God bless them. And uh, it, it sure was, it sure is good to see there's still traffic happening on uh, the Louisiana Aries group in our uh, Facebook forums and on air with people, you know, just helping as they can. So that was the great part about what I saw.
0: Yeah, and thank goodness it, um, well, it was bad enough for those people south of New Orleans, but thank goodness it didn't hit the city like like one particular one we know. There are still a lot of people here in the hotels, in the Jackson area, whenever there's a, a hurricane, you know, anywhere along this part of the Gulf, Uh, a lot of people evacuate up here, and the hotels are still packed here.
3: You know, you you, you mentioned that, George, and I I actually had my room booked. I usually evacuate to a family in Memphis, Tennessee, passing through Jackson. And uh, I had that room, and uh, the real boss stepped in and said, no, you're coming over here. We have a need for something. I said, yes, sir.
4: (laughs) It's amazing that the Internet stayed up. Um, And and in fact, uh, Mel, remember we were chatting back and forth and I asked you how many how many stories on that hospital? And you said one. And and then I asked you what's what where what floor was the morgue on?
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, I tell you what, they're pretty stout. You know, these buildings are pretty stout. Um, and the doors are really heavy. You know, it's built really good, but a uh, hundred mile an hour plus winds will make some really strange noises in those buildings and those doors. Things things start yeah, rattling even, that you even don't anticipate. The that video would that you took, it kind of reminded
4: me of uh, like Fear of the Walking Dead or something like that. Um, <laughs> just because of the you know the you know the 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 the, the look, the ominous look and you are re- recording what was going on outside that's unbelievable
3: yeah the, the the video i'll be honest with you didn't do it justice because that when every once in a while you'd get a gust or a downburst that would just scare you i was inside and i was kept backing up from the window but uh you know the it's not just before or during oh, i'm sorry during it's also after you can see those floods. The, the the roads were absolutely underwater, and there's service ditches on either side of those roads. So if you don't see and you're not paying attention or you don't know it, you're going to drive right into it. So it's dangerous, you know.
0: Yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. That's. Uh... And that wasn't a really bad one when it got no. to you.
3: Exactly. It had knocked down a little bit by the time it got to us the problem was it slowed down and it kind yeah. of stayed right over us
1: yeah
4: have you talked to have you talked to bruce bruce mitchell no Is he doing okay yeah. <laughs> bruce uh, bruce mitchell is on uh swamp people in case folks don't know what the reference is oh, he's wow. uh from hammond isn't he
3: yeah over there in that in that group and yeah. uh Nobody was shooting them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there's a girl that's on that show. I don't remember her name. But Liz. Oh Liz. Yeah. She (laughs) She does shoot 'em Liz. (laughs) Yeah, she does a radio show here on one of my stations. Nice. Yeah. We're gonna be back in a moment because we've still got a little bit more to talk about. But first, let's get a message from ICOM. And, you know, I think we're going to give away one of their radios, so you might want to stay tuned. Contest remotely or from the comfort of your home. ICOM has the perfect base station ready for action. The IC9700, IC7610, and the IC7300 SDR transceivers are top of the line and are the first choice of contesters across the globe. Robust base stations like these cut through pileups, letting you work the bands and record those contacts. Stay connected and keep your competitive edge with ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it? Create your own band opening with the IC9700. This transceiver brings direct sampling to the UHF, VHF, weak signal world. This all-mode radio is loaded with innovative features that are sure to keep you busy, faster processors, higher input gain, higher display resolution, and a cleaner signal, 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time high-speed spectrum scope and waterfall display, smooth satellite operation with 99 satellite channels, dual watch operation, and full duplex operation in satellite mode. The ICOM IC7610 is the SDR every ham wants. The high performance SDR can pick out the faintest of signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The IC7610 is a direct sampling software defined radio that will change the world's definition of an SDR transceiver. RF direct sampling system, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual digi-cell. The IC7300 changed the way entry level HF is designed. This high-performance, innovative HF transceiver with a compact design will far exceed your expectations. RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3-inch color touchscreen, real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. Visit icomamerica.com amateur today for more information on ICOM radios. Thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring Amateur Logic. We're going to talk about that contest here in just a moment. But first, I've got a post tonight. Actually, it's not a post yet. I need to go post this. This came from a website. It's a story about a pilot who is flying his private single-engine plane over a rural area in Arkansas. And he wanted to take a photo of some unusual cloud formations. He cracked open his window for a better shot, only to have his iPhone snatched out of his hand by the suction from the 175 mile per hour winds. The iPhone, however, survived the fall of 11,500 feet in perfect working condition. He said out of curiosity he checked the Find My App setting. The lost iPhone showed up on a map in the rural area near Blythe, Arkansas. And it recorded the last transmission at 9.39 p.m. later in the same day that the device took the plunge. With a friend, he went out the next day and searched in the soybean fields that it showed on the map, the approximate location, and his friend spotted the dimly glowing screen at the base of a plant. They found the phone, and it did need charging, but it worked perfectly. And the pilot says he suspects the reason he was able to recover it is because it landed near a cell tower in the area and that kept the connection strong and I guess probably didn't drain down the battery as quick either. Well, let's talk about this contest. You know, the 16th anniversary of Amateur Logic is coming up in October. Next month. Next month. Wow. ICOM's helping us celebrate that as well as MFJ and we've got Some nice prizes here. Just for one of the lucky viewers. We don't know who it's going to be yet. We're going to find out, though. Actually, next month. Yeah. You've got a little less than a month to go register if you have not already. It'll be coming up pretty quick, and you want to get in on it. What you need to do is go to AmateurLogic.tv slash contest Let's talk a little bit about what we're going to be giving away. That is Tommy's radio, the IC7. No, you're not
1: getting my radio.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to get one like
1: it. Okay, I'll buy that.
0: It's the full package there, folks. You get the radio. You get the backpack. You get the antenna tuner. MFJ's throwing in a power supply if you want to operate it from the house. A 40-meter off-center-fed dipole. As well as some RG8X coax. So let's talk a little bit about that radio, Tommy. What can you tell us about that? You've had one now for a while. What do you think?
1: Oh, I love it, man. That's uh, it's actually my favorite radio. I think if I had to pick one radio out of every one I've got, I would probably pick that one. Oh, Tom's got one too. <laughs> Mine's in the
0: backpack and everything, it's all ready to roll. Tommy, you want to tell us a little bit about it?
1: It's an all-mode radio, HF, from 50, 144, 430 megahertz. enjoys a variety of bands. D-Star, single-side band, CW, AM, and FM. receives continuously from the medium broadcast band to 144 megahertz. Uh, RF direct sampling system. Real-time spectrum scope and waterfall. It's got GPS functions. A uh, large 4.3-inch touch screen. Built-in Bluetooth and wireless LAN for smartphone linking and remote control, which is an awesome, awesome feature. Micro SD card, like we mentioned earlier, to store user profiles, QSO reporting, uh, memory key, and so forth, GPS data. Uh, comes with a HM243 programmable speaker mic that you can assign keys, such as volume adjustment or frequency change. The output power is 10 watts with 13.8 volts DC or 5 watts with the included BP-272 lithium-ion battery pack. It's really a lot of awesome in a little package right there.
0: It is. Very thin. But, wow, you know, looking... That's about
4: the size of the control head of most uh, most radios. It is. radios.
0: But looking at the front of it, guys, I mean, this thing is just the right size, isn't it?
1: yeah it's 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 really nice i don't think I can't think of anything they could have done any better on it honestly uh, that's just my
0: opinion Tom, what do you think?
2: I've been very happy with mine i I was going to say I think that there's only one tiny thing I wish they had done, and that would be to put a little bale on the front so that you can set it on a table and have it tilt up but there's a zillion, like, 3D-printed and aftermarket things you can buy to do that. So there's plenty of stuff out there, but it is a mobile, too.
0: Yeah, I bet it would. Tommy, you found a way to mount yours there, it looks like. I got mine in the the backpack that we're also giving away. That's uh, the ultimate must-have accessory for the 705, the LC-192 utility backpack. Great for field operations, the IC-705 stays secure with the one-quarter-twenty radio compartment mounting lug. You've got yours screwed in there, don't you? Safety strap, adjustable internal panels for the custom compartments where you can store accessories like antennas, battery packs, and more for an afternoon of photo activation. Oh, and you got the, uh, the tuner in there, too. That's the A8705 portable auto tuner.
1: Yeah, it just so happens
0: we're giving away one of these, too. It covers 1.8 to 50 megahertz bands. It's got an SO239 antenna connector right here for 50-ohm antennas, such as dipoles or Yaggies. And there's a terminal connector that comes included with it where you can screw on, say, your uh, long wire antennas or uh, other types of antennas that you might like to use. Two-way power source, you can use alkaline batteries, or you can use external power, 13.8 volts DC. IP54 dust protection and water-resistant construction. Fully automatic tuning, all you got to do is push the tuner button on the front of the IC705, and it uses latching relays, so... Once it tunes, it's consuming no power. Just latches right in on the frequency it should be.
1: It's the uh, MFJ 4230MV super compact 30 amp mighty light switching power supply, five way binding posts. It's variable from 4 to 16 volts, 25 amps continuous, and 30 amp surge at 13.8 volts DC. And it operates from 120 to 240 volts at 47 to 63 hertz. And you can take it with you pretty much anywhere.
0: Yeah, very compact, nice little switching power supply. Uh, you've got one of these that you've had for quite a yep. while, don't you, Tommy?
1: Yeah, it's, it's very close. Mine's uh one that's got the, the uh, posts on the front, but it's the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I've got the model that's uh, essentially the same thing with the digital readout on the front. Been very dependable. Uh, Great little lightweight power supply, you know?
1: Yeah, I like mine.
0: And we've got an antenna, too. What kind of antenna are we going to include?
1: Well, we're going to include actually the same. I've got one of those over there, too, but I'd have a hard time (laughs) showing it to you tonight since it's kind of dark. But the MFJ-2012 mfj 2012 Power light OCF dipole, and that's one I've been using up here in the tree for several years. The squirrels haven't even chewed that one down. 402010 is six meters, handles the maximum legal limit of 1500 watts. Bifolor wound vanilla current choke has over 30 dB of common mode rejection on all bands. I deliver 6 dBi of ground rain force dipole pattern on the fundamental. Nine DB full wave co relief on the second harmonic, and you get up to eleven DBI of peak gain on the higher bands.
0: Yeah. And this nice little off center fed dipole antenna there. MFJ RG eight X cable. Good rugged cable with the PL two fifty nines already installed on it. Essentially we're giving away Tommy station. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Pretty
3: pretty
4: much. So, Everything must go at n 5 O.
0: It's the ICOM IC705 transceiver, the ICOM a hundred five tuner, ICOM LC192 backpack, MFJ2012 power light off-center fed antenna with RG8X, and the MFJ4230MV power supply. So how do you qualify for this, Tommy? What do you need to do? Well, it's pretty easy. You just need to be
1: a licensed U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address. there's only one entry per contestant, please. Sending more than one entry would disqualify the applicant. Winners responsible for any taxes incurred, the winner agrees to the use of his or her call sign and name and promotional and news items related to the contest. And contestants must not be an employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, or MFJ Enterprises.
3: Right, who, who are you guys? What, what is this? What <laughs> show am I on? Yeah. You I know was watching
4: Emil wring <laughs> his hands as you're reading the <laughs> contest rules until you got to the part about. Not being an affiliate of Amateur Logic T V and then there was this look of sadness on his face.
0: <laughs> How can you enter? You send an email to Contest 2021 at AmateurLogic dot TV and only put your call sign in the subject line. Just your call sign includes your name, call sign, class of license, and your address in the email message. And we don't harvest these emails, they're deleted as soon as we've chosen a winner. How we're going to select the winner. We're going to do a random number drawing from the entries that are received. It's going to be announced on the October 15th episode of AmateurLogic.tv. If it's determined for some reason the winner wasn't qualified to enter the contest, we're going to choose another winner by the same method. You can get all the contest rules and information. It's posted at AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. And... It's void where prohibited. I think that's going to give us a pretty full show for tonight. Before we get out of here, though, let's just go around the horn and get any last messages from anyone. Tommy, got any last-minute oh, no, comments?
1: I don't really have a whole lot to add. Just uh, be sure to get your entry in. If if you've sent your entry in and you did not get the autoresponder back and, and you're unsure, uh, email George or myself, and we'll be glad to check it. For you, so don't send an extra entry in because that'll get you disqualified. Yep. Mike. And
0: good luck in the contest.
4: Sorry. (laughs) I've been playing around with old tablets and phones, and I have my original OnePlus One phone, which is probably at least six years old now, and I managed to get Android... 11 on it there's uh some distributions of android and i might have to do um i might have to do a a, a a an amateur logic short on this but i'm a little hesitant because it's not for the faint of heart um you might end up bricking your phone if you don't know what you're doing but um it's pretty interesting and you know uh for a six-year-old phone um it's not sluggish at all I was pretty amazing or I was pretty amazed by the fact that I could get Android 11 on it and my current well couple year old Samsung uh, Galaxy 9 Plus only has uh, Android 10 on it so but um it's um it's pretty neat it's it's a distribution called lineage and it brought my native android from I think it was KitKat, um which is Android version four, I believe all, all the way up to, uh, uh, all the way up to
3: 11.
0: Wow. Wow. Email. Any final thoughts for everyone tonight?
3: Well, awesome. Awesome. Uh, share Tom, appreciate you, uh, being here. That was awesome. Uh, just to see it. We all got to go to a ham fest virtually. I like it. Thanks for that. And everybody stay safe with whatever your, uh, Particular disasters are in your area. And as a last thing, I can't leave without ever saying here remember to keep it cheap.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Always. Tom, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for being with us tonight. It was great to see you, and we appreciate the video and the stories about Huntsville. I hope you'll come back and join us again.
2: Well, I appreciate you inviting me to hang out with you guys for a little while. I guess my only other final comment is, uh, for everybody watching, I don't really look as pasty white as I appear in the video and I, I need to do some lighting work.
0: Oh yeah. You know, you always get thrown a curveball when you're dealing with Skype. You don't really know what you're going to get. Sort of like a box of chocolates as someone might say, just
1: like mom said.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for being with us, everyone. It's uh always great to have you here watching live and watching the playback as well. We hope you'll join us next month around the 15th, find out who's going to win this radio prize package here, the IC seven Oh five and the whole shooting match there. And that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for being here, everyone. Good to see you again. And uh, hello to everyone over in the chat room. I didn't get to say anything tonight in there. It's a, been kind of busy here, but a fun time. <laughs> we appreciate you being there. Seven three. Yep, seven three.
1: Seven three. Seventy three. And
0: that you can hook in or you know, whatever type of antenna you want, dipole.
1: Sorry, that was probably loud. Sorry. About it saying. was.
0: We hope you'll join us next week around the 15th and not next week. We hope you'll join us next month